Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos, and today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, our partners at BetOnline, they continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So you can find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds, the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, the next great fight, even next season's NFL futures only at BetOnline. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. So what are you waiting for? It's super easy to get started. Just head to the website today, or you should mobile device to join and use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that is only a bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the pod i'm excited to have this guest on right now uh, introduced to him through a friend of mine and just getting a chance to find out about what he's cooking and what, how he's growing with his company i'm so excited to have him and bring in a little bit of what he's got going on to his audience he is josh shapiro he's the founder of baseball 101 bl101.com it is growing every single day while we are talking, while we are speaking right now. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the pod. How are you today? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking here. Yeah, so let's just get it started here. I think our audience is really going to want to know uh, a little bit more about, you know, what is Baseball 101. And, you, of course, you've done it probably on a lot of interviews and a lot of different pods. But if you can, walk us through the journey. You know, wh- how did the seed turn into this gigantic tree that is now Baseball 101? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting story. I mean, so right now, as it stands, Baseball Lifestyle 101, it's a, it's a clothing brand uh, with basically a media arm attached. So uh, to give that some context is we have over 700,000 followers on Instagram, uh, 200,000 followers on TikTok. Uh, so it all started as a social media platform, as, a, as basically a page, and then evolved into the clothing brand that it has now become. So uh, media is still a large part of what we do, but clothing brand is the obviously the generator of our revenue uh, for the business. But uh, like you said, from the beginning, kind of the seed was I was 15 years old. Uh, I created the Instagram literally for fun. I just wanted to kind of, you know, I love the game of baseball. I was obsessed with it. I'm still obsessed with it. So I just made an Instagram account, started posting. Uh, Instagram was relatively brand new at the time. So, you know, picture what TikTok is today for everybody is what Instagram is now. It's kind of nice to have a reference point of a new social platform that like is gaining a ton of traction. Um so yeah, man, I just started posting every hour on the hour, just content that I wanted to see as a baseball player, as a high school baseball player, and um, just started to build and grow a community. Uh, that's really how it started. It was just, you know, me posting, didn't really have anything in mind for the clothing. Um, and then from there, you know, we hit about 5,000 followers and that's kind of when the trajectory of everything changed, as crazy as that sounds, but I met my now business partner, Bill. Uh, and Bill was my strength and conditioning coach at the gym where I was working out. And I was, I asked him if I could put up flyers in his gym, uh, for kids to follow the Instagram. Cause it was all baseball players running around the facility. And he kind of started talking me through and I was like, Hey man, like, I really would like to build a clothing brand. Uh, like, how do I do this? And he kind of sat me down. I was like, Hey, listen, like, here's what actual conversion rates are. Here's how much it would cost. Like, he goes, I don't think you should sell any clothing at 5,000 followers. Cause like, if you convert it on X percentage and this, that, and the other, you'd make this. And I was like, Oh, that sounds lame. Like I I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't want to do that. So he uh, told me to build a community, build a, build a following first then worry about selling whatever I wanted to with them later on. And that's kind of what, that's exactly what I did. So that was kind of how the beginning of it came. It really was just for fun. And obviously now is at a completely different standpoint than when I first started it. And it's only just getting started, man. So congratulations to you. 
Um, yeah, in terms of the, the thing, luckily you don't have a couple of boxes of XXL shirts, right? That you got nowhere to go with, right? Like it's oh yeah, it's hard to get involved with them. My wife works in the, worked in the fashion industry for a long time, so I know a few things about like prints and different kinds of you know what I mean. It all just depends on the different kinds of fabrics, and you got to be really careful, right? You can easily go overboard in terms of uh, your inventory. Yeah, it was it was very interesting like again from the beginning because. I didn't have any clothing experience. Neither did Bill. Bill went to school for marketing and then ended up like just, he owns businesses, right? He ran his own strength and conditioning facility uh, where he's not as involved as today because of BL. But if funny enough, we used to joke around as the Instagram was growing, I would say, Hey, like when we're a million dollar company, you can own 1% of the company. And it was like, it was a joke. Cause literally there was no revenue at that point. I was a seven, 16, probably 17 year old kid at that point, just running around posting on Instagram. And um, you know, kind of what happened was, again, kind of like where TikTok is now, I just use it as a reference point where we were just growing rapidly. You know, I, I, by the time I entered college, after I like was done with high school, we had over 150,000 followers heading into my freshman year of college baseball. And uh, I was going to Farmingdale local school here to go play baseball. So that was, I was able to stay in touch with Bill and work out at the place I was familiar with, also hitting and all that. But, you know, I had the Instagram, I was playing college baseball because my dream was to be a major league baseball player. And um, again, I played D3 ball. I'm five foot five, you know, like I'm very self-aware. I got, you know, where I was going to go, but I still had that dream. Um, but yeah, man, and that's kind of when, again, I was making enough money where I was posting for other brands. You know, I was doing influencer marketing, which wasn't a thing when I first started. I have to used to have to send articles about what influencer marketing was, but it was working, right? It was working for people because they kept coming back and I would charge $10 a post, $15 a post. And as I grew, I got more, you know, I put more expensive, build packages, all these things, just kind of like, I've always been a hustler. So it was just kind of like a natural thing for me to just like find ways to make more money. Um, and that's kind of how it started from like revenue standpoint. So really the clothing was not the first revenue generator, um, which is pretty interesting. Like you said, the clothing is, could be kind of like a do or die moment when you start getting inventory. Like, as you're aware, people will come to me every day. Like the first thing they want to do is start selling clothes. And like, they don't realize that you're not like you're going to sell three or four shirts and you're going to have to carry stock in it. And it's just a waste of money. So that's actually kind of how it started uh, in terms of the revenue generating. Well, but what I find so interesting, you know, I was just checking out the website yesterday and honestly, I'm probably going to be diving in on a couple of items for sure. Uh, there might be a moonshot hoodie or a dinger Kings t-shirt. That's probably going to be in my way. So what was it? I mean, like creatively, I mean, we we talk about it from a revenue aspect, but was it something that, was always kind of maybe in the back of your mind were you a guy that was always kind of maybe sketching uh certain phrases or certain prints or certain logos i mean i'm personally i'm a big like i'm a sports swag guy i'm not just a jersey dude i mean i like weird shirts i mean this is like an old school chicago legends like t-shirt with like jordan and dicka all of it on the same time and i what i find so interesting about what you're doing is i think like your apparel reaches all ages i mean yep. and baseball is such an interesting untapped market in terms of apparel like i feel like maybe nba right now might be kind of the king football outside of a jersey i don't really know if it has a quite the same strong marketplace people want it to seem like it seems like there's a real market for baseball and just having like cool apparel and kind of like really changing the way people sort of view it especially from a younger generation yeah so what's interesting is i have zero design background and i'm not a designer at all um i what i am able to do is also just I, I'm very much again self-aware in the point that like I focus on my strong on my strong points and I let people that are better than me at what they do do what they do best. So like I have three or four designers that we work with on like an independent contractor slash like you know in-house basis where 
they know the brand direction. I make sure we all stay on the brand direction, but like I, I let them control what they want to put out in terms of, you know, here's the concepts because what I'm able to do really what I've gotten good at now is I'm very much on the product development side. And that's where I do enjoy is like putting a collection, as you kind of see behind me, like taking our summers and our springs and these pieces together and putting them to life. But like, that's what I enjoy, but the actual design concepts and stuff, I I'm, I'm involved, but I'm not like the guy sketching on Adobe and stuff like that. Like, I don't even know how to run Adobe Photoshop. Like, I don't even know how to do it. Um, so like, cause again, like for me, I, like the way Bill told me, right. You got to kind of hire for your weaknesses and, and, and yeah. just kind of focus on your strengths. And for me, the big thing that I've always kind of been good at was uh, like operations and managing, you know, kind of putting the pieces together of what needs to happen for something to be executed. Um, and also like from a social media standpoint, like I know Instagram in and out, you know, like, like it's clockwork for me. So like maintaining Instagram, building community, building brand and growing the company is what I do. And now I'm very much involved on the operation side of bringing product overseas. Like we've done a lot of custom manufacturing. Now we've got a lot of scale there and I'm the one kind of working with all the vendors to help bring the product in. But when it comes to product development in terms of design, I, I actually literally have pretty much nothing to do with it. Well, is it kind of hokey to kind of offer and say that maybe some of your actual baseball background has helped you build a lineup of a business, right? I oh, mean, uh, we need guys that get on base. We need people with speed. We need people with power. I can't be all of those things in one person. So I outsource to try and build the best lineup I can for my company. Absolutely. And it comes the same thing with clothing too. Like you kind of know your home runs. You kind of know what's going to just push the needle right? You have your drops that are just like, just to fill in, you know, when people are kind of feeling like burnt out because you're dropping banger after banger after banger. And if people spend $70 a week with you, you got to just kind of like, all right, let's put out a t-shirt. That's a really nice shirt, but like, it's only $30, you know? So yeah, um, everything's got its own process. Um, it's very, it's definitely like evolved as we've gotten, you know, bigger and bigger, but um, yeah, I, again, I just rely on the people that are strong at what they do. And now by putting out so much product that we have, I know what's going to work. So like I can work with the designer and like, we don't deviate too much, right? If something really, really hits, let's just move it around in a different place or put it on a different garment or change the color. Like I think a lot of times people overcomplicate things and sometimes you have to just simplify a lot of it uh, and just kind of use what works. Uh, but yeah, man, that's kind of how it works in the design process and the creative process. Uh, let's go back to your playing days a little bit. Uh, you said you were five, five. So are we talking middle infield here. Or what, what position? Yeah, Second base. Okay. So you can still turn a double play. You can still roll it up. Great. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, take us back to that time a little bit and yeah. Talk to us about your playing days. You said you played D three, maybe give us a scouting profile of your game a little bit. And then conversely, you know, go back to that player at that time playing. Would that player be surprised if you came to that person in a time machine and said, hey, you're still going to be involved in the game of baseball? Did you think you were always want to stay in the game? And, and, and yeah. it surprised you that you're staying in, in this way? Yeah, it's a super uh, – I like this. That's a very interesting question because it, there's a lot of aspects that I think are why baseball style is together. So here's where I'll kick it off. I think if I was six foot two, I don't think baseball style would be a thing. I truly, truly, truly believe that. My size gave me my attitude and my hustle and my drive. So I had to outwork every single person to be just as good as every single person on the field because I was undersized my whole life. Um, I was the only kid to play college baseball for my grade in high school. And yes, we sucked, but I still had to be that kid that made it. Yeah. Um, I started as a freshman. I was second in the team in doubles. I had 95 at bats. I batted in the three hole. Like I had a scouting report, a scouting report on me is, 
I'll play as hard as I can get. I can, uh, I can feel the ball. I, you know, I could definitely do that. And I have a lot of surprising pop for a little guy. So I'm getting some uh, Pedroia vibes, little Pedroia vibes. Is that, yeah. is that fair? Okay. Yeah, I, would, I would compare me to a, a non-cheating Jose Altuve. There you go. Uh, a, a Rip guy, open the shirt. No, nothing underneath the shirt. A guy that could surprise you and, and, and bang you with a home run if you give the wrong pitch, but also a guy that's like kind of like gritty, you know, just go after it kind of guy. Um, that's exactly who I was, and that's who I've been my whole life, and that's what I attribute to baseball lifestyle. So, like, going in a time machine, if you were to say, like, where I think I'd be, I, I, I truly think I mapped this whole thing out for myself, like, and I obviously I had a lot of luck and support from the way that I, you know, like I met Billy at the right time, right? Like he was a guy that guided me in the right way. And if I would have started the clothing at that 5,000 followers, I may have gotten like, you know, straight off the wrong path. Or if I didn't start Instagram at 2015 and I started Instagram today, like it's not what it is, but I was on a platform at the right time. But you know what? It was the same thing where I took 150 swings outside of my backyard every single day. And I posted on Instagram 12 times a day, every single day. So like I am Mr. Consistency. Like I wake up at the same time every morning. I go to sleep at the same time every night. I have a schedule. Like it's who I am. So I'm not surprised in that sense because I'm a true believer of like you put in the work and you can do anything you want. Obviously, like athletically, like I have my levels of where I can go. But uh, yeah, man, I only played my freshman year in college. It got to the point where um, I had to make a decision whether it was continue to do baseball lifestyle, which really wasn't even a business at the time, but it was at 250K after freshman year, growing socially rapidly. And I watched one of my best friends uh, who played D1, who transferred to D3 school through 95 and was the best hitter of all D3, not get drafted. And I was like, all right, like, what am I doing? Like, let me like <laughs> stop here. So like, I kind of had that like aha moment where I was like, I'm going to go do this thing. And uh, yeah, man, it's pretty crazy to be involved, honestly, more than I would be involved if I was still playing, right? Like I was on the field at last year's all-star game, hanging out like on the field during BP on behalf of the Major League Baseball Players Association, creating content for them, like with my best friends. Like I wouldn't be able to do that if I still played. And you got guys in the game wearing your stuff now, man. All the time, all the time. Gio Urshela, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, and that that part's super cool. Uh, Maybe my final one about your playing days. Uh, I sometimes ask this question because I I don't want to judge, but sometimes you can learn a little bit about, and I feel like you have a particular work ethic. When you were at the plate, take the uh, opposing pitcher's scouting report out of the plate. And let's just say you had no idea. You're just walking up there, this guy on the mound. Are you a guy that's like, are you hunting? Are you hunting fastball early, or are you trying to work a count to guarantee a fastball later in the at bat? What kind of what kind of hitter were you? I would say I, I was. Uh, you know what? Again, it's one of those things as you get older. You kind of look back and you're like, damn, like, but if I knew, if I knew what I knew now, what I knew back then, I would like be a better hitter. Cause like, I, I had a plan. Like my dad would always tell me like, just think middle, think opposite field. Like I wasn't trying to hit a ball far. And now also looking back on it, now I play men's softball, right? I'm just taking G hacks all day. And you'd be, again, you'd like, as stupid as it sounds, you'd be surprised, right? The little kid gets up, he's batting in the three hole for his softball team and he's peppering balls over the fence. And the other team's like, what the hell is going on? I wish I would have taken a little bit of that attitude when I was playing baseball. And no one taught us, yeah, no one taught us launch angle, dude. Come on, no, like I didn't go there. I didn't go up there to try to swing it over the fence. And I know I have that power in me, but I was just trying to play gap to gap baseball. Uh, My college coach was a very much old school. He played under Jim Leland. He was a catcher for the Pirates, Keith Osick. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Keith Osick was my college coach, Um, and so he came from that that kind of generation of like 
hit and run, get the guy over. Like, so he cut down my swing a lot. So like my job was just like hit it the other way and run as a lefty, right? Like put a bunt down, do a hit and run. So I didn't get to like, kind of like open up my full power as corny as that sounds. So going back to your question, I, I would, I would probably hunt fastball early just trying to get on base or, or if I was in the leadoff spot, I'm trying to, you know, work account and get on base. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. It's funny. My swing also, I, I played, I, I didn't play in college. I played through high school and then obviously I played in softball and broke a bunch of fingers and then eventually had to retire. Uh, but no, I mean, it's the same thing as, you know, I look back at those days and it was all about maybe, yeah, cutting down the swing to make solid contact when now today it is, let's try and get you mechanically in the way that you can hit the ball as hard as possible. And then you incorporate yeah. launch angle in there. Kind of wish I had a piece of that a little bit. Maybe open oh, up the 100%. hips, open up the hips a little bit more, and you know what I mean. We could have seen what we could have done. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, man. I, I remember my first game. I played with one of my travel coaches. Uh, in the first game, I hit, I hit a triple, uh, I hit a, a fly ball over the right fielder's head, one hop the fence, and the next at bat, I laid a bunt down with a single. Like that's, I loved the bunt because I was a lefty. I'm a small guy. I would just maybe my dad would practice that all the time. I would get if I was zero for three, I was bunting to get that one for four. Like. That's what I was too. I was very much a stat nerd. So it was like, I gotta be like, gotta get a hit. So again, I wish that looking back on it, like I could put a ball out if I really like got into it. I just wish I would have taken more of those swings. Yeah. yeah no bad flips back in the day. Uh, wow. Going back to the company real quick. I did want to ask you uh, because, you know, I think a lot of people that are listening uh, in the audience right now, either maybe have their own dream or maybe they are trying to start their own small business right now. And you have kind of laid out this blueprint over the last four or five years to make something like that happen. So kind of before we get to the advice portion of it, um, I do want to ask you just what is your experience and, and what have you been getting the opportunity to enjoy? Because uh, forgive me, I'm forgetting his name, but your social media manager is a guy that you've known for forever. Like you grew up with him. You were just saying that, you know, your other, uh, you know, the other partner is uh, your former strength coach. Yeah. What is it like to have friends and people that were in your life and to build something together with them? Oh, it's uh, his ex name. His name's also Josh, actually. So it's okay. pretty. Yeah, what? It's, Damn it! Keep, we keep it simple. <laughs> I should just guessed. Two of my be my best friend named Josh since like birth. It's been pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, my marketing director Melissa is like an older sister to me. She is Bill's wife. So like, I met her when I was working out at Bill's gym, and she was a social media director for a non for profit. And a nineteen year old kid told her to quit her job and start working for, with me. And she did. And, and fast forward, she's got her own thing and we're all working together and building this amazing company. Um, it's, it's super, it's super amazing to be able to do this with like the people you care about the most. Um, I'm super grateful for it. It's, I would say it's like one of the only ways to do it. Like in the sense that like we're all obsessed with it and we all support each other and yeah, man, does it have its tricky moments? Of course, because like, there's not a minute that goes by that we're not talking about baseball. I saw like we have Monday night dinners all as a team, but it's not as a team, it's as friends, but inherently business comes up every single time I live with Josh for the last four years as friends. So you're telling me we breathe, eat, sleep, baseball, lifestyle. Like it doesn't escape anything. Um, but you know, I, I think that's what makes us super successful too. And it also allows me to like lean on people and be a little bit more human inside of my company. You know, like if I'm having a bad day, like I don't have to hide it in front of everybody sometimes, right? Like as a founder and a CEO and, and apparently everybody's boss, which is not how I look at it, but like I'm allowed to be human with them. They know me in and out, right? So like they know how I am, how we interact, but you know, when things are bad, 
you know, we all lean on each other. It'll be okay. When things are great, it, we're all celebrating together. So I've been super grateful for it. It's, it's very interesting. It's a very weird dynamic, but it's a really, you know, one that I wouldn't change for the world. I mean, I, I come from a creative background and I can completely understand that. I think a lot of people, I mean, I, I, so I did sketch comedy for years and I've been in groups and I've toured and stuff. And a lot of people think, oh, you're just getting together, but you do create eventually a business model because we start touring, we start trying to promote and stuff. And it is cool knowing that your business partners are all pulling on the same rope because you have that intangible relationship and that is that friendship. And like you said, like that trust a little bit and you know, you can kind of just, everyone kind of understands maybe a little bit what their role is, but also at the same time, they all have the same passion and it's unquestioned. And I think that's really cool. And the good people over at, by the way, at baseball lifestyle one one uh, they're working with me right now for, uh, for the next little stretch here. Uh, if you go and, I'm going to definitely be doing it. I, I just recommend just check it, going to the website, just checking out a couple of things. I guarantee you're going to find at least two or three items that are going to be like, oh, man, I'd actually look pretty awesome in that thing real quick. And they're doing a promo code. If you use Joey Sports Guy, J-O-E-Y Sports Guy, uh, you can unlock a fantastic deals going on over there right now, too, as well. So you definitely got to make sure you check that out. Um, my next question for you was uh, the advice aspect. So, I mean – we we've heard your story you know you started on instagram it built and said hey maybe i can maybe i can do this maybe i can do apparel and it just continued to grow and grow and grow what advice would you have for someone out there right now that's trying to start a business maybe someone that's already started their small business and maybe they're just hitting that wall a little bit maybe they're getting frustrated um you know maybe they're just in that process yet where it hasn't quite clicked for them what advice would you give them uh during this time and and just impart upon what you've already learned yeah. Um, I would say there's a couple of things. I mean, one is, you know, you always got to kind of push through it too. Like with baseball, right. You, there was days you went over three and there's days you went four for four. Like that's how I look at my business. Baseball is a game of failure. It taught me that with my business, you know, if, if three out of the seven days of the week are home run sales days and the other four, are, you know, you know, this, that, or the other, the average is equaling, you know, a really good week. So like not trying to get too emotional with the ups and downs. And that's coming from somebody who was very emotional with the ups and downs, but I've learned <laughs> to kind of get better with that. Cause like my business partner is, you know, even kill no matter what happens. And I'm the one that's running up and down, depending on how the business is going. So trying to maintain that and know that like, you know, it's, it's, it's always going to be, you know, going up, you know, as long as you continue to put the work in, but it doesn't look like a linear path. It's, it's ups and downs and it ends up, you zoom out and then there's the growth. You know, like it, being in, in, in the day to day is very tough because it's it's again, it goes back to what I talked about earlier with consistency and dedication is is number one. Like I get that, too. Like there's so many things now that I have to execute that I drop balls that I never dropped, you know, when I was back in the day because I have so many more things I have to worry about. But making sure that you execute on the like the core fundamentals of what pushes your business forward. So for us, it's content, it's product and it's community. So I'm making sure that no matter what, I'm creating two TikToks a day outside of the six Instagram posts that I post per day to push the content forward and make sure that we're pushing the brand forward. I'm making sure I engage 15 plus minutes a day with my community every day in the comment sections. And I'm making sure that I have my drops lined up for the next you know, four to six weeks and making sure that those things are getting executed on time and delivery. If you're able to kind of control the things you can with the things that you know push your business forward are the only ways you're going to kind of take the steps forward. Um, but like, I, again, just dealing with failure too, you know, like uh, there's times where I, again, we, we mess things up, we drop balls and, and, you know, you turn around, you forget an expense or you forget a vendor and you turn around, there's bills piling up. You're like, oh my God, you're getting in over your head and you're just like, what's happening? Uh, 
it just kind of taking a step back. I think zooming out and consistency are my two biggest things, but the other advice is just, you gotta, you gotta dedicate your life to it. Honestly. And I, 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 that's a true facet of like in high school, instead of me going out and partying, I was posting on Instagram and I, I lived that life. And I am a kid that barely goes out like at all. My regimen is, like I said, I'm up at 6am. I'm in the gym and I'm at the office by seven 38 and I'm here till five or six. I'm going home. I'm reading, I'm journaling, I'm planning out my next day and I'm back to sleep and I'm back up. Like you kind of have to sacrifice a couple of your years to be successful. And if you're going out and you're just wondering why my business isn't growing, are you actually putting in the work for your business? Mm, wonderful. Awesome advice, man. Um, I want to talk some baseball with you before we let you go. Uh, just really, really quick. Um, what probably has you the most excited about baseball lifestyle one-on-one heading into this summer over the next couple of months? Yeah. So we have our huge event, uh, next month, uh, in college world series in Omaha, Nebraska, which we go every year. Uh, we're, we're really was able to reinvest a lot more into the pop-up experience this year. Uh, so I'm really excited to kind of see what that looks like. I'm like been planning and, you know, getting all the, you know, the different parts and components and the travel and this, all that situated. Uh, so to watch that come together next month will be really nice. And from a finance standpoint, I'm excited to get some of that money back too. So, uh, <laughs> I'm excited for all of that stuff next month to kind of like get that underway. Um, we've got some cool new collections dropping, you know, the, like we got our summer one collection, our summer, you know, stuff is starting to come out. Um, but really the events, you know, it's exciting. It's one thing seeing all the social media in person uh, and you kind of get like, you know, you kind of get bogged down with the day to day again, like I was saying, and then to go out to Omaha and it, be able to interact with all the kids that are truly like fans of your brand um, kind of like gets you going again. It gets you like reinvigorated to keep pushing and remember why you're doing this. Uh, and that's kind of hard sometimes too, is like you get caught up in building a business and growing a business, but understanding that you are that 15 year old kid that just did this because you like the game of baseball and make sure that you never lose that. Yeah. And just, just keep in mind too, that there's a kid out there who's, who bought one of your guys shirts and it's his favorite shirt. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, and he's wearing it on the regular and, and summer's coming around. Kids are getting out of school right now. And I remember what it was like to get a really cool new shirt that I was going to wear in the summer. And I wore the shit out of that thing. You know what I mean? And oh, I, yeah. I, I think that's happening for you guys right now. It's gotta be Listen, a good feeling. I, like, I, I say it every year. Uh, like when I watch, like it's really the holidays when kids are asking for your product mm -hmm. for the holidays and you're watching them open the gift and then they're wearing it. It's like, this is the, like, you'll get, we get emails, calls, texts, DMs. Like this is all my son wanted for the holidays. And it's like, whoa, like, like <laughs> I, I, I truly think we've made an impact where if baseball lifestyle wasn't there for some of these kids, it's all they know. Like we've had that experience before where like I grew up on, you know, like watching ESPN and this, that, and the other. And, these kids are growing up watching brands like, you know, myself and watching us on TikTok and they know our names, they know our personalities, they know the brand, they grow up with it. Like to make that impact, uh, you know, again, like even just me and you having this conversation, I really enjoy because it's able to like bring those feelings back. Cause again, you're going through the day to day and you know, you're just doing whatever and you're not touching the product like you used to, you know, like I, I still write handwritten notes out to customers all the time. Uh, that's like, that's one of the things I pride myself on, but, uh, yeah, man, it's a super humble feeling, and like I'm saying, it's it's I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, you're bringing up an interesting thing about you know social media and obviously the work and success that you've put in. Where uh, when the kid gets that shirt, uh, he he knows you, right? I mean, I, yeah. he's like, I'm wearing I'm wearing Josh's shirt. Um, you know, I'm I'm in I'm in the club. I'm a part of it a little bit. Um, we're gonna get you out of here in just a second. We gotta talk a little baseball just really quick. Uh, yeah. We're about 30 games into the season. 
Um, I, I'm not sure quite how to attack this. So I'm going to leave it kind of open-ended for you. But kind of my take in general is I think what we've seen over the last week or so, I think these pitchers are finally uh, – I think it's all clicking in. I think these arms are finally ready to go after this truncated spring training. Everyone was like, injuries, what's it going to look like? What, in the last week we've seen some a couple almost no-nos. We saw the one no-no. Guys are starting to go seven or eight innings right now. I think we're kind of finally – at opening day, in my opinion, you know, uh, w what's been your take so far in the first 30 games? And I don't know, maybe is there a team or two that uh, has caught your eye so far? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right here. Your, your Cy Young got a little hit around yesterday from my Yankees. Oh my goodness. Dude, <laughs> some Stan, Stanton and judge versus the white Sox, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, they wiped the mustache <laughs> off of him, dude. That was Stan, my guy, man. I love Stan. Uh, but yeah, dude, baseball has been, baseball has been interesting this year, you know, like, Home runs are down. Is it the balls? Is it this? Is it that? Like, uh, I definitely think there's a difference. 100% there's a difference with the baseballs, as everybody said. So, like, that's made an impact. And it's just, like, the frustrating part as a, as a baseball person, as somebody that, like, worked with the MLBPA, to, like, we're trying to make the game more fun, more enjoyable for kids. Like, tampering with the baseballs is not going to do anything. Like, yeah. pitchers, pitchers doing what they're doing and hitting batters and guys not hitting home runs, like, it's not going to do anything for the game. So, my thing is like, yeah, it, listen, as a Yankee fan, it's been a great season to watch. And and it's been it's always fun to watch baseball no matter what. But I'd like to see, you know, some of the stuff that's like the home runs come back, you know, the offense come back a little bit. And I know the purification of baseball with pitching and this, you know, hit guys over. Like, it's fun to watch that too. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think baseball is like, it, you know, it's been a very fun season to watch. There's a lot of teams that, are, you know, are finally coming together, like the Angels and and, you know, like, oh, half my office is Met fans and half my office is Yankee fans. And we're both, you know, going really well this year. So going back and forth on that. But uh, my only my only thing is the baseballs, man. Like, they got to start flying. I think they got to let home runs go. And, you know, pitchers are hitting guys. It's just not, like, the nicest thing kind of going on there. Yeah, a little difficult, right? I mean, I, I obviously I'm not I'm out here on the West Coast, so I just hear this secondhand. But it sounds like the weather's been awful, too, as well in a lot of these places. So it really hasn't even been a spring yet. And now yeah. we're kind of getting at that point where stuff maybe starts getting warmed up again. But, yeah, that's the part that I don't understand is that, like, there's just some someone in a dark room, like, petting a cat being like, put this kind of baseball into this series. And I, I don't understand that for a second because I they're, they have to understand that there's two sides of the game, which I think you're illustrating. There's a pitcher side and there's a hitter side. And by changing the baseballs, you think that you're helping one side, but you're actually probably not. You might be hurting both sides. Pitcher doesn't have feel. He's hitting guys. Or all of a sudden, you know, ball – I. That part I just can't really understand and wrap my head around. No, like, it's, the, it's, the weather's going to warm up. It's going to be fine. It's just making, like, s simple, dumb changes that don't, like, like again, like, you know, you've heard it too. Guys would rather have guys with higher spin rates be able to put sticky stuff on it so they can get a grip instead of worrying about getting hit 95 in the head. You know what I mean? Like, what are we, like, they're, they're arguing they're changing things that don't actually matter instead of just, like, I know every baseball player was talking about how they loved, like, the balls that were in Japan for the, uh, for the Olympics. And they were like, okay. just implement those baseballs. Like, why is that so hard? Like, what are we are like, you know what I mean? So that's the only thing that's just like, it's always a head scratcher with, with MLB really specifically, like with the commissioner, like it's just a head scratcher. Like what's going on, man. And uh, the game can be so much simplified in that sense, but uh, yeah, we'll see the weather's warming up. You know, obviously we saw Stanton hit two yesterday, judge hit one, but like those guys are also, you know, ginormous. So they can hit a ball no matter what baseball or what stadium or what it is, but yeah, man, I hope that picks up. It's fun to watch that stuff go down. You can see OPS and averages down. I'm 
I got my fantasy team, man. I can see it on my side. Like OPS is brutal and home runs and average are just down. So we'll see. Yeah, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of good guys that think kind of scraping the barrel just a little bit. You know what I mean? And obviously, you know, Acuna just came back. You know, he's probably going to be a guy who's going to be eventually there a little bit. And I guess on the Yankees perspective, my question for you is um, what's been the biggest surprise in the Yankees so far? Has it been Rizzo? Has it been Cordes? Like what, what, what exactly has surprised you the most? Because they're off to a great start. I think you could say, yeah, them, the Dodgers, the Angels, right? And I don't know. Maybe I'm blanking on another team that's like truly gotten off to a solid start. The Astros, yeah, as always. The Mets yeah. too, you know. Um, yeah, Mets, yeah. I mean, really, the biggest surprise to me has to be um, has to be Nestor. Like, he's great, but to be like that guy, like a Cy Young, and you really don't have to worry about him going out and not getting shelled is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I truly thought this Yankees team was going to be way better than they were last year. I, I again, like all the Yankee fans in New York are always like. Oh, you want story? Like, it's not all about the big name guy. It's about what they're going to do for you and like how they, how they fit in. And I think the change as much as I love Gio and the change of Gio and Gary getting pushed out and guys coming in like Donaldson and, and IKF, like IKF, I said, it was like the, I said at the beginning of the season, they're going to be much better than people think because their lineup is constructed just way more. Like it just makes more sense. And they have way better defense and, and Glaber doesn't have as much pressure on him and he's a clutch and, and the rotation has been good for two years now. DJ's healthy right now, right? I yeah. mean, that that yeah. always that goes a long way with you guys. The past couple of years, he seems to be kind of that little X factor, a little bit of when yeah, he's he healthy, things seem to be going right. Yeah, yeah. He had the hernia last year, and people don't realize how much that affected him. And you look out, he's the same guy he was. So, and not bringing a guy like Gardner back as much as we love him, it's like let's just let's just change some things up. And I think the change was great. And I, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised they're doing this well. But I'm not surprised they're doing well. I think they needed this, and they're playing with a lot of different attitudes that they were not doing last year. Final question for you. Um, let's just keep it with the Yankees. Let's keep it with the American League. Um, obviously, records aside right now, because we still don't really, really know, but you understand rosters and you understand how to project. Which team probably scares you the most right now in the American League as a Yankees fan? Oh, boy. Um, I think Houston always has to scare you. I don't think care what year it is, what time it is. You it's know, boring, right? It's boring, but it's, it's the same boring, same stuff every year. It's Houston, man. Houston scares me. Until they've really fallen off, they're still scary. Um, I, and and as a Yankee fan, truly, um, I I was really scared of the Blue Jays, but like I'm seeing a lot of holes in what they've got, and I think it's like not fully there. But Tampa always scares like the hell out of me, no matter what they do. Uh, and, and, and they haven't really played Tampa yet. And that's kind of been like a, a big handicap for them. So Tampa always scares me. Houston always scares me. Uh, I, outside of that, like, that's really where I fall. I, I think it's the kind of the normal people. Um, I would love to see I'd love to see LA and, and Seattle just have really good years. And I'd love to mm. see them in the playoffs just cause I think it's fun. Chicago is going to scare the ever loving hell of me, but like you guys have been really bit by the I- injury bug and, Guys, just have an. We can't catch. We can't catch the ball either. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you guys are gonna. And so now they like the White Sox. Kind of no offense, like kind of you know out of the little bit down, but you guys still play really well against the Yankees, no matter what. Like that, that um. Field of Dreams game, man. Yeah, that that game was nuts. As soon as I knew what's his name was coming in, our lefty who was just absolutely awful and out of the pen, I forget his name because it's not even worth me remembering. He's now in the Dodgers, and he's got like a two ERA somehow. But uh, yeah, man, uh, the AO is going to be interesting. But until Houston's kind of like dead, they're they're still scary. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Trout in the playoffs—we got to do it once, right? For the sake of sanity, <laughs> just just I one agree, time. Man. 
if the Yankees don't win it this year, I hope that the Angels or the Seattle or Seattle wins it. Like that'd be cool. I'd love to see Trout get a ring. Uh, on my NL side, my dad's actually a huge San Francisco Giants fan for years. So mm-hmm. I like for years, years, years. The only reason why I'm not a Giants fan is because I grew up in New York in a court during the Derek Jeter era where all of my neighbors were pestering me with Derek Jeter gear. So I just had no choice. But uh, I never sleep on the Giants either, man. I hope they take over the Dodgers with that team. That'd be kind of fun. And the Giants have been good this year too. So yeah, NL West is gonna be uh, is gonna be another great ride for sure. Another great great competition. Yeah, the thing with the Astros, man, is it's just kind of undersold too that they just. When, when it comes down to brass tacks, obviously, they lose Springer, still good. They lose Correa, still good. And it's those two lefties. It's that, that Kyle Tucker-Alvarez combo for me, those two lefty power hitters. Like, once you start stacking that up and mixing that into a lineup, even with a veteran like Brantley, you got a lot of right-handed pitching out there. I mean, it's just it's that, it's that sneaky little advantage. There's just aren't a lot of great left-handed power hitters in the game right now. No, it tells you the same thing we were just talking about, right? Like, IKF over Story and Correa, like, they could have got either one, and IKF's been better. Like, their guy, their rookie, Pena, like, sometimes it's not about the big name. It's about the right pieces. And, like, as long as you have the right pieces fill in, uh, like Pena and that, and, again, same thing goes back to business, right? It's not about the big guy with the big resume. Like, half my team, like, like me and the other guy, Operation Guy Dennis, like, we both didn't finish college, but, like, we're both pretty damn good at what we do. You know, like, it's not about the resume sometimes. It's about, like, the fit, and it's about the culture. It's about, you know, what you could literally tangibly do. So, I think that's why those teams are going to be sneaky good again. Josh Shapiro here on Bet on Chicago, the founder of Baseball Lifestyle 101, bl101.com. you got to head to that website and check out the apparel. It's the perfect thing to pick up for yourself, for maybe a young aspiring baseball player in the summertime who's going to be getting out there and playing in the backyard. And you can use the promo code JOEYSPORTSGUY to unlock a lot of great deals on that website right now. So on behalf of myself and also Josh, please make sure that you check that out. Josh, man, so great to meet you, man. Congratulations on all you guys' success. Uh, you officially have a supporter now and bet on Chicago here on the Believe Network. Uh, hopefully we can have you back, continue to you know, continue to help amplify your voice and your message. You guys are doing great on your own, but anything that I can do to help out, I'm more than happy to do. Before you get out of here, uh, toss out your socials and any other information that my audience listening right now can uh, check out, follow your work, and, uh, and just watch the company continue to grow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely follow us on all socials. Uh, Instagram is baseball underscore lifestyle 101. Just type in baseball lifestyle. will pop right up. Uh, TikTok, BSBL 101. And like you said, website, BL101.com. And yeah, man, we appreciate everybody's support. Again, this is, uh, kind of, you know, truly, you know, for myself and it's been a great journey. So, you know, the support doesn't go unnoticed. So we appreciate it. Congratulations, man. Uh, have an awesome weekend. You earned it. Uh, just don't have a great weekend, though, because the, the Sox are playing the Yankees again tonight. Yeah, so man. we got to take Eight care o'clock. of a little business. <laughs> Eight o'clock, Garrett Cole on the mound, baby. I know. I know. Seriously, let's go. Uh, Josh, man, thank you so much for hopping on the pod. Absolutely. Anytime. Today's episode was also presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And again, please make sure you go to BL101.com. Use promo code JoeySportsGuy to unlock some great deals right now to pick up some awesome, awesome, awesome apparel. Thank you so much for checking out this pod. We got more coming the rest of the week. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.